Well, hello and welcome to the Caledonian Kings Wrestling Podcast. We're here on episode 14 and we are reviewing Money in the Bank 2020. As ever, Stuart is joining me. How are you doing, buddy? Oh, getting getting right into this modern day garbage. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> oh, it's all garbage from here on in, ladies and gentlemen. Let's <laughs> nah, um, be honest, it was a really, really good show. No, they, they, they pulled out of the bag um, and, you know, um, I think we've, we've overlooked them. Um, we did it for WrestleMania, we overlooked them, they pulled out of the bag. Um, this one we thought we'd give it a chance for the podcast. Um, and yeah, I wasn't disappointed. Um, you know, so Money in the Bank 2020, um, very much a gimmick up uh, Money in the Bank pay-per-view. It's time to climb the corporate ladder, break that glass ceiling, give me an oh yeah if you've got that feeling. Uh, the controversy is coming here, um, <laughs> you know, so the winter is coming, controversy is coming. Um, I've been on Twitter a wee bit today after watching the show this morning, um, and um, some unhappy folks. <laughs> oh, they're never fucking happy, are they? Mixed, mixed reviews, yeah. um, let's just say, but... but We'll, we'll dive in and we'll sort of dissect it as we go. I think that's probably the best way to do it rather than saying this happened and that happened at the start. Let's just go through it and have a wee chat about it at the end um, because I think there's plenty to talk about. Um, first and foremost, there's very little to talk about this one. Uh, Jeff Hardy <laughs> and C- defeats the Cesaro on the pre-show. Why not? Uh, <laughs> before we actually get the opening contest. Um, so we have the New Day versus Lucha House Party versus um, John Morrison and The Miz versus The Forgotten Sons. It's a fatal four-way tag team match. Um, not elimination, however, they still adhere to the tag rules for whatever reason which I thought was quite strange so the commentators bring up that it's no disqualification um, so they're all just being very nice and friendly and abiding by the rules <laughs> good on them yeah quite right brownie uh, points for the lads I thought the, the Forgotten Sons they looked like geeks a wee bit after Jackson Riker was sent to the back and he obliged <laughs> what are you going to do if I don't go ref I mean come on yeah you um, yeah, um, you do yeah the new day uh, routine in this one um just first and foremost, what did you think of this one? There's not an awful lot to touch on, is there? Uh, I mean, it was not bad. It was a kind of standard, an absolute standard SmackDown tag match. Um, there was a nice spot from Morris in the hits to the Spanish fly for the top rope to the outside on everybody. Uh, on everybody. It was yep. pretty decent. Um, Yudi had a very, very nice move, which is better than what their tag team finisher was. So it's kind of a... Uh, Biggie's got the got the lad up. I don't know. I don't know who it was. To be honest with you, um, Biggie's got him up on top of his shoulders in an electric chair position. Then Kofi does the double slump, so it's like the coup de grace yeah. off an electric chair position. That looks looks excellent. Uh, I think it's better than the up up down down that they use, which is obviously the the jump so the big, so yeah, the big the, ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there, there yeah, I would lot, agree with that one. <laughs> there, there was a lot of nice kind of tag team maneuvers, um, but it's a throwaway match. Uh, yeah, twelve twelve minutes worth of match here. Um, I thought I, I thought it was you know I wasn't I wasn't let's turn this off you know it was okay um, in terms of the four teams that were in there obviously the new day are still flying high um, I feel like they might have overshot the old breakup angle that people were sort of hoping for I think maybe the heat for that has died off a little bit obviously I know Woods isn't there right now um, and I'm sure they could probably light a fire in that considering yeah, how talented yeah. the three guys are but absolutely, um, absolutely. There, there is storyline in them yet in another capacity. Definitely. Um, it just feels a little bit tired because obviously we, we watched the show, we actually watched the show together. So, mm-hmm. I don't think we've really done that for the, the, the no, podcast. No. Um, and, you know. <laughs> We're both sitting in our own misery watching WCW. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and it was one of those ones, when you, I think you said it to me as soon as they came out. How many title runs have they got now? Mm-hmm. I think you said it was at four or five, and I said, I think it's seven or eight. You know, uh, and it, it was, was like, Christ, you know, because. Some of the runs have been so forgettable and there's just been so much in there where it's like, you know, it just feels like a revolving door or just constant, you know, constant new day on top, dropping the belts, bringing, picking them back up again. It's a bit, uh, you know. Yeah, it's, it's always a kind of a hot potato between them and the Usos. Um, but if you look at the other tag teams in this match, like there's only one choice for the SmackDown belts at the minute and it's the new day. Yeah, um, Lucha House Party, they brought some flashiness to the match. Um, you know, I thought they were at uh, Elimination Chamber as well, um, mm-hmm. which we watched, and, and they brought a bit there as well. So yeah, yeah. I'm liking them a little bit. You know, I like what they bring to the table. They're, they're not champions by any means, but they do add a little bit of flavour to their matches. Um, I think we spoke about this as well. The missing George Morrison slightly feels tired, doesn't it? It feels like old wallpaper's still up. It feels like, you know, it could do with a, a fresh coat of paint yeah. um, for both guys and both characters, especially with Morrison coming back after a long hiatus. You would expect maybe something different from him. Um, rather than just being thrown back in with the Miz again, which is kind of where they got a good start, you know, back in, what, 2007, run about then? Um, uh, yeah, run about then with their dirt seat kind of stuff, but as that sort of played out, and Miz was on the run of his life before, obviously, they kind of turned him face and then back to heel with Morrison. Yep. I think Miz is 
better off doing his own solo stuff. I'm sure they'll eventually turn on each other eventually again because obviously history repeats itself, repeats itself over and over again in wrestling. It's just how it is. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. And what did you make about the Forgotten Sons? I think it's the first time either of you, either of us, have watched them. Um, certainly for the podcast, but really on a on a full basis. Um. um so. Gunnar for TNA is in them. He was the boy that yeah, gets into Jackson the... Jackson Riker, yeah. Yeah, he gets into the back, being absolutely key. And uh, Wesley Blake from Blake and Murphy fame mm-hmm. and NXT is a fat bastard. He's not, <laughs> oh, he's not at all. He's, he's not in shape. No, he's, no. He's, it's he's, just he's because not... like, him, and, him and Buddy had like such a such similar um, builds no, and no, then no, Buddy's no, went the other yeah. way. Like He is fucking ripped. He's, he's yeah. jacked these days and Blake just looks so out of place now when yeah, you look at him. I know what you mean. Yeah. That's the point <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, um, they never. They, they, they had a few kind of moments to shine in this match, but it was just, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, I, I can see. You know, I can see. Uh, there is there is like a a base for a good character building there. Um, obviously, I know they did that down in NXT, but not a lot of mainstream audience watch NXT. So mm-hmm. bringing them into the, the SmackDown roster is sort of you have to rebuild them slightly. You know, um, and it's, it's it's a new fan base, really, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I thought I thought it did okay. Um. Well, they see more of Riker on the outside. Obviously, he's the muscle. Um, but you know, after having a run in TNA and stuff like that, I'm sure the guy can go. Um, just seems to get masked by the other two. Um, yeah. So yeah, solid enough. Um, we we'll, we also get um, the first glimpse of Big Drew on the show. Um, Big Daddy Drew. First time we've watched him since uh, winning the title. Um, Cuts a wee promo on Seth. Of course, he wishes a happy Mother's Day to all the mammies that call him Pappy. Um, cuts a promo on him. Have a sort of. I, I like this promo where he said he has a David story being a Goliath, which is quite. It's really, really interesting and really, really true. Um, mm. I like that. You know, sort of. I'm a big guy. Who, who, who would have thought? Who would have thought? I'm, I'm the David in this storyline. Um, yeah. He puts Seth over. You know, he says he's phenomenal, um, but he doesn't have the heart that Drew does, um, and he's going to shut his mouth and break his jaw. Then thank. He said, thank you seems to be his new thing. He just thanks people all the time. He's lovely manners, big <laughs> Scotsman. Um, Cheers, mate. <laughs> yeah. Cheers, pal. Uh, <laughs> Our truth then comes out and uh, performs his wee rap and asks the crowd to make some noise. He's an autopilot here. Um, well, well, I, I, I called this spot before he done it. He's like, yeah. I bet he's, he's, he's going to do his fucking wacky. Doesn't realise that there's no crowd. Pish. Yeah. That's what it is. I mean, it's, it's alright. To be fair, I was, I kind of popped for the full segment. Uh, yeah, yeah. It had to be grin, you know. Um, so he was scheduled to take on MVP. Um, they give us a little bit of comedy stick. Doesn't really land um, before Bobby Lashley comes out and tells MVP to take the night off. Uh, tr- truth is, then this is when the comedy really kicks in. <laughs> um, tr- truth is hilarious here. He's like, oh, I'll just take the night off too then. <laughs> it was just, you know, that just got me. I was like, oh, very, very good. Yeah, so he's, he's over like kind of explaining the situation. He's flailing his hands about and he fucking slaps the mouth off of Lashley. Yeah. Uh, Lashley no sells it. Like, he just turns to the camera and looks in and is like, oh, what, what a sell, Bobby boy. Yeah. That's fantastic. And then the old idea. It was the old accidental slap. And yeah. You, yeah. you know that Truth did it with a little bit of extra welly just to try and get, <laughs> get Lashley corpse in, you know, see if he would maybe break a wee bit. <laughs> you know, it was a wee bit of sort of, and looking away as if he didn't mean it. It was just, oh, so well done. Um, but I, Lashley totally no sells it, man. Fair play. <laughs> uh, and then we get Lashley squashing Truth in about just over a minute. Um, yeah, total squash. Um, that's what it is. Uh, I think I, I, did, I did say when MVP and Lashley stood there, I thought MVP could really run a stable. You know, with uh, yeah. of guys. And I'm looking at Lashley. I'm looking maybe even like, like Ricochet and stuff like that. Guys who don't have an awful lot of character, but they can go in the ring. I think MVP does have that layer. I think he's really, really good on the mic. I think yeah. he has that ability to, to build characters around him. Um, so I, I think they could definitely use him in that capacity if, if they so wish to. Um, yeah, which I quite like the idea of that. Uh, we get a promo video from Baron Corbin and his big kingdom hoose um, saying he's going to win his second briefcase and he wants to be referred as King Money in the Bank, which I quite liked. Yeah, uh, you think with these being kind of pre-taped, they could get a better cut out of him, but fuck me, he's dreadful. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you can tell he was, you know, he's probably had a few and he thought, I'll just send this in the room and that's mm. me. <laughs> the rest of the day to myself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we also see Bailey and Sasha backstage. Um, they're heading for the ramp as Kayla interviews. Well, tries to butt in and interview them. Um, she basically questions Sasha, saying, "You know, does Bailey blame her for costing them the match the week before?" Uh, puts a microphone to Sasha, but Bailey butts in and answers for her, sort of thing. Um, bit of foreshadowing here. They're trying to sort of build up some some tension in the ranks, um, building up that that Bailey is, is sort of being in control of, of Sasha, and Sasha's not really got a voice, and she's just helping Bailey, you know, 
keep the title, basically. Um, so that, that's basically the storyline there. I think yeah. this is going to be a long build to a feud between these two. I feel like this storyline's been going on for about three years already, though. The yeah. Sasha and Bailey turning on each other. Like, what the fuck? Ah, it just feels so overdone, you know. Um, it's so it's so strange because we, we've said it about you know uh, Betty and Charlotte's feud, and we've said it about Bailey and, and Sasha's feud. You know that it just feels like it's been on gone on forever. Is that just the curse of being the four best? And the you know in terms of obviously they coming up at the one time being the four horsewomen sort of thing, yeah. being four of the best. Does that just come with that that they've sort of been always been tied in with each other? Yeah, definitely. I seen a I seen a Lisa Bliss tweeted out something that she probably shouldn't have. It was um, somebody that asked her obviously how come you weren't in the one of the bank matches? Ah, like, I'm not a horsewoman. Fantastic. So we get um, Bailey versus that up and coming uh, title challenger, Tamina. Um, (laughs) Not not sure why Tamina is in this position, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, to a degree. If, if you take away the fact that it's Tamina, it works. <laughs> you know, in terms of somebody who never really had that spotlight. Um, oh, why not put Natalia in the match? You know, you know what I mean? Oh, like, please no. <laughs> at least she can, can At least she can go, yeah, I suppose. Um, yeah, I mean, she's had quite an injury-ridden career. She's been there for a long time and never really had much of an impact. Um, sorry, Tamina, it's just spouting facts here, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, she's dreadful. Ah, uh, so... Um, Bailey does get over the power advantage that Tamina has by using the ring post on her leg. Um, takes away the power game. Um, Cole says after a f- after a near fall from Bailey, that Bailey has hooked the injured leg, which is good work to make things difficult for the kick out from Tamina. Cole- Corey Graves is on fire and he butts right in and says, "Absolutely not. Actually, she should she should hook the good leg so that she has to so Tamina has to push off of the bad leg to kick out." Fucking excellent. Good lad, good lad Corey. Excellent. I love psychology like that. There's a nice spot actually where Bailey tries to get Tamina up um, for like the fireman's carry position and she just sort yeah. of goes splat like it's too heavy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just thought, oh, yeah. very nice. Um, that was, yeah, that was a bit the one of two spots. That and then the Tamina goes for the super kick and Bailey reverses it in a knee bar, which was gorgeous. Gorgeous, yeah. yeah. Um, and then it goes tits up. Um, Tamina, by the way, she looked fucking knackered after the three floor this. Yeah. Um, and she goes up to the top, does the top rope nothing, um, which yep. was completely botched. She stumbles off the top. She's supposed to basically catch a kick from Bailey, um, who's lying on the floor. Doesn't quite work. Mm-hmm. Sasha then distracts Tamina, so she goes into the chase. She tries to come back into the ring and catch Sasha, but she's too slow, so Sasha's already partly out of the ring and she has to wait on Tamina getting there to grab her. Fucking yeah. looked, tr- looked, t- looked yeah. terrible. Um, Timing's dreadful. Um, makes a total arse it. And then Bailey rolls up to Mina. Um, and a crucifix for a three and retains. Um, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sasha's gear was lovely. Yeah, that was a bit of hip. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I quite like the burgundy gear that Bailey had as yes. well, actually. Um, kind of ripped, um, the ripped kind of design down it as well. Smart. Aye. Uh, but aye, that's, that's about it. As much I think there's a note on this one. Tamina Benaka, man, she is resting in about four layers of clothing. Yeah. And, and like fucking thick leather as well. Right? Yeah, yeah. Heavy so. duty stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, not, not for me. Not heavy duty stuff. stuff. Yeah, she is. Uh... It was, uh, no, it was, it was poor. It was really, really poor. Um, worst match of the night. Um, yeah. yeah. By a long while. Um, we also get Seth Rollins backstage in his very loud, latexy leather jacket. Um, <laughs> And he cuts a promo, and the only thing I've noted after it was the greater good, <laughs> which is what he's closing it lines with. He's got a bit of that in it, I absolutely. Um... Okay, <laughs> um, so obviously we're getting Seth and, and, and Drew for the title later on, so they both had a wee promo backstage. Um, I would like to say, um, like with Seth, in terms of his promo work and stuff like that, like it feels like it's been the same promo, whether you see her face. He's very slow and uh, monotone, blah, blah, blah. It's just the way he speaks. In terms yeah. of being a cult leader, should it not be more... Sami Zayn, like in terms of being inspirational and full of energy, that's what that's what a cult leader surely should be, is it not? Like, yeah, I think you can go either way. To be honest, with you. Um, yeah, he, he's definitely trying to mimic Punk's uh, straight society. I mean, that is what that yeah. Is. But I think you have to go double dark, or you know, you need to be really, as as we said, inspirational in that sort of sense. You know, because you, just... you have to captivate people in terms of you know, if you're if you're leading a cult, you have to get people to join the cult. You have to bring yeah. people in. You have to be a salesman to a degree, don't you? <laughs> He's just a dreary fuck, which is a good representation of Monday Night Raw. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just try to get cunts to buy into this. Like, Monday nah, Night Dreary fucks. <laughs> uh, I like Seth, man. I've always liked Seth, but he need, I think I'm, uh, 
I hate to say this kind of thing, but he needs like another big injury to go off. To <laughs> yeah, I know, he needs time off. Yeah. He, he needs time off to go and repackage himself again because yeah. for someone that talented to fail to find a good gimmick is it's, it's pretty disappointing. Yeah, um, I think the pieces are there, man. They've just not been put together. And you know, as I you said, he's a fantastic wrestler. He is. He's a fantastic worker. I, I don't, don't think he lacks him. a lot. He doesn't lack really anything. He is good in the mic under some circumstances. Yeah. But just not in this circumstance. Yeah, yeah. Because he's almost like trying to be the, the heel, but he's also fighting from the bottom, and it's kind of like, I don't he's know, like, man. It's, it's, he's cutting heel, yeah, he's cutting heel promos, but he's got a face move repertoire. Yeah, oh, definitely. His move says... Is, well, we'll get into him more later on, but yeah, yeah. from that promo, anyway, it was, it was, I certainly picked that up. Um, yeah. And then we get um, Braun Strowman, the Universal Champion, against Bray Wyatt, not The Fiend. Um, Delighted. I mean... First and foremost, the the story is there. It's built it's been built okay over TV. It's not been mm-hmm. built tremendously well. Um, <laughs> Any if you think it's built on TV and not on Twitter is uh, aces in my book. It might as well be Rock Austin Mania. So <laughs> that's, that's the kind of stage we're at just now in wrestling. Absolutely. Um, just just dive into Bray here a wee minute. You know he, he is utterly fantastic. Um, but the booking of the Fiend character has been just very grey. Um, I don't want to say it's been shit because there has been good points, but it's I'll really... say then it's been dreadful. <sighs> I mean, where did they go wrong? The <laughs> him right. So I think it was the they shouldn't have put the title on him first and foremost. Do you think it was just like it got over so quickly that they just hot shotted it? Yeah. You know, they went right, oh, he's brilliant, put him in the title picture. Yeah, and that works with a lot of people, but not with this character. Doesn't yeah, his is a very rare character that it doesn't need the title. His the character of the fiend is above the title, and if you've got something like that, you shouldn't have to be dealing with losing uh, dropping titles to part times and stuff like that. That that has mm-hmm. killed the momentum of the fiend. They might as well just get rid of it altogether now, because in my personal opinion, and let me reiterate that. In my personal opinion, the the character of Bray Wyatt is better than the character of the Fiend. Do you find it's just more entertaining in general? Well, look at what you've done with Cena at Mania. Yeah, everything apart for the the finish. I say the finish was a kind of you know it was a cinematic match, but you know what I mean. All that stuff done with Cena was Bray Wyatt the character, not the Fiend, and the stuff mm-hmm. that done last night with Braun was brilliant. Yeah, the Fiend just comes in and destroys somebody. But Bray, Bray Wyatt as the character as a storytelling yeah. genius. Yeah, oh, and the psychology you know, is oh, this, well. I mean, this match, Braun and Bray, it was never going to be the five-star masterclass. You tune into this oh, match like, hoping for the story to unfold, and it absolutely yeah, does. They, they knocked it out of the park. Um, you know, I, I understand this isn't going to be everybody's cup of tea. There is people out there who just enjoy pure wrestling and, and stuff like that, and that's that's each to their own. Um, for me, this is just a fantastic example of what I love about wrestling, and it's, it's storytelling, and it's it doesn't need to be anything magnanimously out there, you know? It just has to be simple, yet effective. You know, the, the storyline is there because Strowman came in underneath Bray Wyatt. Um, mm. He sort of abandoned his flock, if you like. Um, went on to, to superstardom, really, you know. Mm. Ran through the, the division, got to the top. He's holding the championship now. And now, you know, the Bray's back being a, a different character. Um, but he, he's not ignoring the past. You know, he, he's bringing up the fact that Braun was a disciple of his. He was mm-hmm. the black sheep. Um, and, you know, he's proud of how he's, how he's becoming. Now he wants to bring him back in, you know, get the, the, the black sheep back to being with him sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and it just makes perfect sense. Um, actually, the Bray Wyatt character, and I, and I read at one point, he's so Ned Flanders at the beginning of the match. Where he's, <laughs> he's, he's really jumper on. Ah, <laughs> uh, and he's just being so, like, you know, Braun's throwing him about. He's like, wow, somebody ro- woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning. <laughs> it's like, big time. That's, honestly, that's amazing. Excellent and that's, stuff. And that's what you don't get from the Fiends and the thing. The Fiends just one dimension, and it's, I hurt people, which is fine. Yeah. It's absolutely fine. But you're never going to get a good storyline match like this out the fiend. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with you. And, you know, as, as I say, pinpointing when it happened, I'd say, really, the Seth Rollins match it was on a sale. But yeah. oh. uh, winning the title after that and stuff, because if, 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 if anything, he should have won that match, um, which might have helped the case a little bit, but by the same token, then he would have had the belt and it would have been a similar downfall, I think. Um, I just I just don't think the belt was ever required there. Um but yeah, this match was really, really good. Um, 
Bray takes a beating for a while until Huskus the pig appears um, from behind the barricade um, and he cheers Bray on and that sort of twists Bray's mind a little bit so Bray's just taking the beating he's not really wanting to put, put in any offence he's being too nice mm-hmm. um, and then after the cheering from Huskus and, and Braun I think he either runs at the ta- I think he runs over the table um, and sort of Flounders a little bit, um, and that lets Bray take over and he starts getting some offense in. And we see Bray fighting within himself. You know, we see him saying, "Look what you made me do," and, and apologizing for doing it, and sort of talking to himself. And really, really nice that he's sort of tapping into the fiend because it is the same person, yeah. you know. But he's trying to fight off the fiend's thoughts and and, and maintain the good guy Bray Wyatt. It's really, really good. Um, and it works really, really well, obviously, with the lack of crowd because you can hear them and it makes total sense. So it worked really, really well. And he's really, I thought that helped this match thrive in the environment as well. He's the best storyteller in WWE in the minute. Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, you know, the stuff we've seen, as you said, was fantastic. Um, I just hope they can, he can keep kicking on from here, you know? Like, uh, I don't think this food's done. Um, no. But yeah, I, I, ho- so. I hope they can keep sort of kicking on with it. I hope um, it doesn't lead to a fiend match, though. Um... I, th- I think the fiend should be like a baller thing with the demon. Like he should come out maybe once, twice a year. Mm-hmm. I think I maybe, maybe even just put it to bed for a while. Yeah, you know, put it away for a while and then break it out down the line. When you know, if I mean, if Bray, but, I mean, the character Bray White could get over as a babyface. You never really know whether they could go with it. But then you know, maybe one day he'll need to tap into that again. Mm-hmm. And you know, it could be that he's now controlled himself and the fiend won't ever appear again until there's a point where it hits breaking point and then you know yeah it's all it's all possibility and hearsay etc but you know um we get this spot so it, it was quite strange it was a good visual but i think they only did it for the visual it didn't make an awful lot of sense um so brom is was not to the outside but he had had most of the control in the match um and he sort of he comes up behind the apron with the black sheep mask on mm-hmm. um and he comes in and have a, a moment with a sort of Neil and, and it looks like Braun's joining back with Bray and Bray's selling it really, really well um, before Braun sort of takes the sheep mask off and stamps on it, um, hitting the running power slam and he wins the match from the back of that and retains the title, um, which was a nice sort of segment, but I just felt like they did it because they could do it rather than, you know, Braun was, needed that to, to outsmart the Fiend yeah. or, or the Bray Wyatt rather. It, it wasn't like, if, if Wyatt was getting the better of Strowman, and you had to tap into something to outsmart him, to let his guard down, to let him get the win. It would have made yeah. sense, but it just felt like, you know, he kind of had most of the match. So, they just, I don't know, it just felt a bit out of place. Um, yeah, it was like a spot for the sake of having a spot. Yeah, it was still really good. Um, but, yeah, it just felt like it was just forced upon us rather than it was an actual way to do things. There's there's no way I'll ever be convinced that Braun Strowman can outsmart anyone. You know what I mean? He's the, he's the muscle man. He's the, he's yeah. the... No, no I, I totally get what you're saying. I mean, his name is Braun. He is the Braun <laughs> versus Brain, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, that was that one. Um, Braun retains, and we do get that little tease at the end um, with the cameras on um, Bray, and we sort of see we snips of the fiend, you know, they get that sort of cut scene in and out. Um, so it looks like there's going to be some further repercussions there. Um, I did like the, I did like how um, Bray sold when Braun stepped on the mask, etc. I don't think he was genuinely scared for the repercussions that he might over might, might be hit with because of the fiend, or maybe he was scared that the fiend was going to have to come out and write this wrong. Um, yeah. It could also be like you know like that's the way you could book it as well as maybe Bray was also afraid of the fiend. You know he doesn't want the fiend. To that take over, like, yeah, that seems like the direction he's going in. Like he's 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 like pretty much the the good force behind the fiend, and he'll try and do things his way. But if he can't get the job done, then obviously the fiend will come out and, and murder people. Yeah, because it, it, it's very it could very much be you know he's trying to stop the bad things happening that will make yeah. the fiend appear. So if yeah. he can nip it in the bud early and be the good guy in yeah. that sense, but then it doesn't always work. <laughs> I, I, I'm just trying to, you know... Uh, that's brilliant. Can I nip this in the bud? <laughs> you, stay in the, you stay in the back, Fiend. <laughs> Go and wash your mask. <laughs> Um, we also see this package which I really like to touch on um, for the hacker on Smackdown. Um, the truth will be heard. Um, seems very intriguing. Um, who might it be? It's likely going to be Ali, isn't it? But it could be anybody. <laughs> it could be. It could be. Um, a lot of people are saying punk. Fuck off. Ah, yes. L- let it go. He's not coming back. <laughs> Get her at Michael. <laughs> He's not coming back. <laughs> uh, I, I seen someone, I think I seen it on Square Circle Reddit. Um, there must have been a promo on SmackDown a few weeks ago where he actually heard the voice mm. and someone who said Mickey James. <laughs> what? Jeez, oh. <laughs> 
fuck is that game for? Well, there has been obviously the insertion of the, the insertion of Otis. I think I said Otis and Mandy the other. <laughs> that was the one I was looking to go at. Um, but I love that story. Oh, like, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if maybe. I mean, it could definitely be a a, a woman's superstar as well because yeah, that's the storylines that seems to be tapping into. Um, so. <laughs> oh, it'll be Rhonda <laughs> oh, <laughs> shooting fuck. on Twitter. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh yes. Oh please no. Um, so we're we're heading into the uh, the sub main event here. Uh, promo package for Seth versus Drew. Um, just want to point out, you know, Drew is fantastic in the build up to this one. Um, everything he does it feels real. His promos feel real. It doesn't feel like he's regurgitating anything. It feels like here's your bullet points, you know, go out and, and sort of develop your own yeah, character, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I really felt like that, whether it is that or not, I doubt it is, to be honest, but he delivers it, it well. It, um, it makes it feel organic. Definitely. Um, and not a lot of guys can do that, especially in the WWE environment. Um, so, yeah, um, we also get Seth Rollins um, with a new, fe- a new theme song and sort of new... Um, he's called Titan Tron, etc. Yeah. Um, what are you making that? Right. Yeah, I, I mean, we, we, ah, we can't be pleased. Eh? We were a bit fickle because um, like, we, we we don't like the burn it down stuff because it doesn't match his character, so they change it and it's shite. So it's like you know, um, I mean, it was a bit generic, wasn't it? Like it just, mm-hmm. but I mean, when you go from such a cool custom song <laughs> done by a proper band to you know something that's fucking being produced yeah, in a, in a yeah. on a fucking what do you call the board <laughs> soundboard like. Yeah, yeah, it was like um, fucking um, Vince and Shane versus Shawn Michaels and God. Oh, it's again. God. I thought it was God coming back. He's <laughs> <laughs> a big spotlight. Seth, Seth has left the building. Um, oh, yes. Aye, so uh, Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins, and they put on a fucking good match here. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, really, really good. Rollins' STF is better than Cena's. Um, Bam, Let's dive into the fucking great commentary of Samoa Joe. We've not actually touched on it this match. He mm-hmm. is the new third man, but who's sad is he on? Um, and the commentary booth for Raw, uh, Jerry Lawler's been given the boot for being uh, racist, misogynistic, and a prick. Uh, <laughs> aye, aye, so uh, all of the above. Um, who knew? Every cunt fucking knew. Um, so, Joe's been brought in to replace him. Um, I know he did have a stint on commentary a while ago as well on Raw, maybe about a year or so ago, um, yeah. when he was injured, but he is fantastic. He may have found his calling after wrestling anyway, that's for sure. Um, would genuinely love to see Joe take that role full time once he's done. I know he's probably got a few more years left in the tank, but by the same token, he has had a well-travelled career. Um, but I would like to see him be there because he's fantastic. And, and the point that, that I'm, I'm referring to here um, is that he points out that there's there's plenty of pressure on the leg. So basically, Seth's working over the leg of Drew um, in the matchup trying to cut down the big man. So he has in like a it's like a it was a single leg Boston. Um, and yep. Drew's getting towards the rope, so Seth then goes into an STF, but he keeps the leg locked with the legs, of course. And mm-hmm. Drew just points that out, and he's just like, you know, still putting a pressure on the leg here just because he switched up to the, to the neck. Doesn't mean that he's, he's, he gave up on the leg. And I thought, that's just fantastic. You know, it's just a good, good bit of insight for people who's not yeah. paying attention. Um, yeah, good storytelling. Well done, Joe. Fantastic. Um, Drew catches a Seth Tope suicide in a belly belly across the announce table on the outside, which was absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, Drew hits a nice comeback in the ring, full of energy, power moves, throws, etc. Fantastic. Um, and a big spine buster, which I liked. Um, up there with yeah. Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rollins retrieves a chair, um, but changes his mind and, and goes for the stomp. Um, a Glasgow kiss from Drew. We're pronouncing it properly here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I think it was Joe on commentary who says, Give us a kiss. I just thought that was brilliant. Uh, whoever it was, I might not have been Joe. I would say that was quite I think quick. it was Joe. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Joe. It was fantastic. Um, Seth hits his superplex and their Falcon Arrow combo um, for a lovely two. Fantastic, man. Drew's a big guy. Like To hit the, the Falcon Arrow, um, Drew had to help him get up a wee bit. You know, oh, definitely. Down. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it was, guy. I liked it. Um, Future Shock DDT only gets a two count. Um, both guys really are going hard at this point. You know, they're, they're not leaving anything out there. Um, so we get the sort of sort. Rollins goes for the stomp. Um, Drew sort of backs out, hits the Glasgow kiss. Uh, super kick from Seth, and that sort of hit, knocks Drew off the ropes, and Drew comes back with Claymore. Um, one, two, three. Um, I like it on the pinfall as well. Seth's head remains off the mat as if he's like out cold and stiff as a yes. board. Fantastic. <laughs> it was genuinely like the Claymore kick had readjusted his neck. <laughs> <laughs> Have a bit of that, son. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. So Drew retains. Uh, 
Um, really, really good match. Um, both guys put a lot of effort into it. Um, you know, just, I mean, it was nothing mental, but it was really, really good. Just solid main event. That's what you really want, isn't it? Solid championship match. It was like, a, if this kind of match had happened on Raw, you'd be talking about it as one of the best matches of Raw yeah. throughout the year kind of thing. You know what I mean? Um, really, really good. Really enjoyed it. Um, Drew has improved so much in the last six months. Mm. It's unbelievable. Like he was, I mean, we knew he was good, but I just yeah, really I was, think since he tapped into his babyface persona, I feel like it just yeah. fucking took off, man. Um, I was never convinced, maybe just kind of a, even after winning the Rumble, like he's shown in the Rumble was good, but even then his gimmick was just counting down for three to hit his kick. That, that mm. was it, but he's found this class character that is just fighting champion without being a kind of standard babyface. You, you ah, he's not a sucker and he's smart. That's yeah. one thing. Babyfaces are so fucking dumb. So Stupid, yeah. he's, he's 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 tapped into the right mindset there, you know. And like, what? Because Batista had that as well, you know, mm. when he was a babyface and he was a top champion. That he was he was still smart about how he went about things, and that's what people yeah. buy into. Because if you're a stupid babyface, people go, "Ah, oh, fucking idiot, he deserves it," you know. But if, if if you've got it all there, and I just think he's absolutely nailed it, and the likability is is at a hundred right now, you know. Of course, it is. He's Scottish. <laughs> Not just for us, of course. Uh, <laughs> but I delighted to see him doing well. But I really enjoyed that match, and, and after the match, you know, they shake hands, and Drew says thanks, and he did that sort of thing, which we were laughing at. <laughs> that was probably just be, it, just pal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he said that in kayfabe, but it's our absolutely true and shoot as well like he needed a good match against someone yeah. or the title run starts to become a bit dull and watered down um after main event and main against the big show yeah but that uh, felt very much like a you know like a, a month-long feud it's finished now let's move on yeah. to the next guy and i think that should be the best way to do it for drew as well you know 100%. build up a feud month or month six weeks bang have the have the blow off move on quick fire feuds title feuds build them up as you know Everybody that steps up to him gets smacked down because that way, when somebody does come up and looks like they can beat him and does beat him, it's going to mean more for that person. That, but it also that makes mean, Drew's reign look fantastic. Exactly, and that's where you get your SummerSlam main events. That's where you get your main main events from. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm thinking of guys in my head who could probably pull that off really, really well. I mean, it's going to be Brock, isn't it? Ah, if it's not going to be Brock, <laughs> it's going to be Keith Lee. I'd, I'd really like to see that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe that's going to be longer away than SummerSlam, but that he he definitely be a, a good name to step up. He'd have a stellar match with Styles. Oh, absolutely! That would be, that would be incredible. There's definitely matches to be had there um, before, obviously Otis crashes in. Uh, <laughs> Fucking spoilers! Spoilers! <laughs> uh, so let's just dive into that, shall we? Um, so the main events, uh, the Money in the Bank ladder matches. So we had the men's and the women's match taking place simultaneously at the same time. You get four slices of toast all in there cooking simultaneously at the one time. That's a still game reference for any Glaswegians here. Uh, <laughs> that's been two in this podcast. <laughs> um, so the competitors in the men's match, um, AJ Styles, Otis Dozovic, Alistair Black, Baron Corbin, Ray Mysterious and oh, Daniel O'Brien. Um, that's their Sunday names, of course. And the women's match, uh, Lacey Evans, Nia Jax, Carmella, Shayna Baszler, Dana Brooke and Asuka. Um, so six in each match. First and foremost, I like that it's six and not seven, eight or nine. Um, six is a good solid number and easy to keep yep. track of, especially when you've got two of them on at the same time, I suppose. But I would like that from the normal matches as well when we go back to normality. Um so the men start in the gym um, in the corporate building and the women start in the lobby. So, of course, this match starts off on the ground floor and they have to get up to the top um, of the Titan Towers where there is a ring and the briefcases are suspended above it. So very much a gimmicked up version of the Money in the Bank um, ladder match. Of course, you have to break the, gra- the glass ceiling, climb the corporate ladder. <laughs> um, Bet you punk- punks on Twitter are fucking furious, man. <laughs> oh, no. They fucked me over for years. <laughs> That's brilliant. You'll be fucking soon for royalties. Um, so, yeah. It's, it's got- I'm not called Gabbana, I want to. Oh, right enough. <laughs> what is that all about, by the way? Um, 
Yeah, so we're going to get lots of brawling, lots of creative spots. Probably the most unique matchup in a while. Obviously, it's good in the two we had at WrestleMania as well. Um, this year is going to be the, the year of cinematic <laughs> pre-recorded yeah, it was, shit. Uh, it was. It was a nice kind of a mix between a real match and a cinematic. You know, what I mean, yeah. it wasn't full blown boneyard, but it was somewhere in between. Yeah, and, and much more hilarity in this one. That's certainly oh, on our part. Um, I had the time of my life watching this. It was. We were loving it genuinely. Um, so we cameos from Brother Love coming out after having a slash. John Laranitis <laughs> gets pied on his um, ability scooter. Paul Heyman eats a big tray full of salad and rice. Stephanie McMahon uh, has a pre-recorded segment from her cell phone um, telling Dana Brooke that she's actually in the Money in the Bank press conference room and mm-hmm. she's not actually won the match. And even Vince McMahon himself makes an appearance. <laughs> including uh, We also get Doink the Clown popping up from behind a chair. Uh, that was, Doink, um, was, Doink was the worst one because it clearly wasn't Doink. Yeah, and it didn't make sense. I mean, the other ones, it was a corporate thing. So that you, mm. even if you're smart, you know, like Bruce Pritchard's there and Laurenitis is there. You know, like mm. these guys are corporate guys, if you like. Um, so even though it was Brother Love rather than Bruce Pritchard, you still knew like he's there for a reason. Um, and I quite like the idea that Bruce Pritchard just turns up in his Brother Love gear for work every day. <laughs> I don't know, I quite enjoyed that. Um, so uh, let's dive into some of the spots. They were as followed. Uh, major moments being um, Asuka diving from the sort of banister above the reception to start off the match um, in the lobby. She is class, man. She's been brilliant in the last yeah. few weeks. You've heard me mark out to ask her since this podcast started. Yeah. This is just fantastic what she's done. She's been the MVP of the Bibby and Lockdown, man. <laughs> yeah. So and I think good. the wrestling world is realising that now as well. Like, she mm-hmm. is so talented. Um, yeah. I've seen a lot of really good things over the last maybe six weeks of Raw and sitting, uh, SmackDown as well. She's been on there as well. Um, people just comment how, how great she's been and how entertaining she is. And the best thing is, she's not even speaking a word of English, you know, no. all the time. People she's just not... get her. It's just, there's something there. It's... You just know what she, you know what she's saying, though. Like, you know Aye, I mean? it's just <laughs> an unspeakable. Yeah. I don't know. She's just got it. Um, so we ask her basically escapes, you know, fairly quickly um, to sort of go into the the elevator um, and starts going up the elevator on her own. Uh, the slowest moving elevator in history, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also get. Um, King Corbin breaks the mirror in the WWE gym, um, which I thought would be a great idea if it had seven years of bad luck from now. Um, it's just a lot. How about that for long term storytelling, you know? Um, yeah, I, po- I pointed out that he's already four years into that. Bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also get Otis trapping AJ Styles under a, a bench, uh, not a bench, a barbell. Um, and uh, sell- Styles sells it, but uh, that's a bit. <laughs> That's about as good as it gets. <laughs> yeah, he's pleading for Mysterio to help him out, and Ray just blanks him. He no, says something no. like, uh, that's loco or something. That's like, loco, yeah. uh, best bit of character we've shown in a long time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we get that bit where they go into the press conference room, the, the ladies, this is, um, and Dana Brooks sort of pulls down a, a cash filled briefcase from the ceiling. Um, and then that's when you get this segment from Stephanie McMahon, who pretends she's at the door, but it's clearly been recorded like in her house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, but she's just like you know you do realize this is this is the, pre- the money in the bank press conference room so I've, i must have rooms that are themed in that in the building etc um yeah just a, a funny uh, haha briefcase <laughs> for the the million dollar uh, giveaway yeah <laughs> i had legitimate money in it and it was it did, yeah. Yeah. um we also uh dana brooke also uh slips on a wet floor hitting her head um which was which was funny enough but would have liked the old banana peel slip rather than just the the, the sort of slide the crap fall yeah <laughs> uh, the sort of the, she did the Saul campbell rather than the the whoop mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which would have been much better uh, we also have an impromptu food fight um which is where paul Heyman comes into play um Carmella gets powerbombed through a table by Nia Jax. Um, and Dana Brooke gets put through a vending machine. Ah, uh, and Dana Brooke gets smashed into a vending machine. She's the MVP she here, earned, right? Yeah, she, she earned her money. Because, <laughs> um, um, obviously, she's done that, obviously, about in the press conference. For, um, it ended up being the... Oh, she got the, the biggest picture for the money as well, didn't she, over the head? <laughs> no, that was that was Carmella, was it not? Oh, Carmella did it to... Dana. No, because she, she comes. She, Dana comes in behind Paul Heyman, and she's still got her on her neck. <laughs> oh yeah, because Carmella um, and walks out. Oh, fucking hell, Dana Brooke took the the majority of the beating. Aye, um, an amazing spot during the food fight. Um, 
the, oh. the, cam- the, the camera cuts away and then cuts back to Shayna Baszler, who's got Rey Mysterio in a rear naked choke. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's can't get any better. And then she lets him go, and then Nia Jackson oh, it's flat in the bastard between the two stomachs. Ah, oh, the comebacks are fantastic. <laughs> oh, I'm like, oh, I just remember watching. I could hear you just evil chuckling. <laughs> delighted, uh, absolutely delighted. Great fun. Um, Otis is hilarious in this whole mm. bit. Like, just hit the bits he does, and it's just his mannerisms for me. Like, every time he does it, I laugh my fucking head off. It's just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just noises, just, the way um, he acts. It's just fucking bizarre. He steals focus, but in a very, very good way. Yeah, there's a bit, um, there's a sort of waiting area backstage, which is designed like a cage, like a steel cage match. So it's got the ropes and it's got a cage on the wall. Um, and Daniel Bryan's like doing the yes kicks to somebody and he's just standing there going, yes, yes, oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <He's just> fucking... <laughs> and then Bryan obviously starts, Brian starts kicking him and he's like, no, no. <laughs> um, yeah, just brilliant, what man. Guy. He what really gets it, doesn't he? Like, yeah. you know, um, and we also get um, AJ Styles alluding back to the Undertaker match. So he's walking down the hall trying to find Daniel Bryan um, and uh, sorry, Rey Mysterio. And there's a sort of Undertaker poster on the wall, and he just stares at it like he's been caught in a trance. Um, and then he gets thrown in a room that's got like a casket in it and stuff like that. Um, just really, really cool. Um, sort of, I like that they're not. You know, people are complaining that they brought Styles back too soon. But by the same token, as long as they don't ignore what happened, and as long as that maybe plays into his character a little bit, and maybe he's not quite getting over that. You know, because it's quite a traumatic experience if you're talking kayfabe wise. Um, I like that, and I, I think that's something they should certainly keep building on. Um, well, they're definitely going for the rematch at the next Saudi show. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. How's they going to pay off that big house? Eh? Um, <laughs> we also get one of my favourite spots. Um, so Styles and Daniel Bryan are brawling in, in the corridor, and they brawl into an office. Um, we see the back of somebody's head, and he spins round, and it's Vince McMahon, um, looking rather tired. I will admit. Um, mm-hmm. he's in his so 70s, and yeah. I'm pretty sure he's still on a crazy schedule like he always will be um, but he turns around he sort of stands up and the both guys just sort of stop fighting and look at him and it's like two children who have just been caught by the head teacher uh, and they just sort <laughs> of stand there and everybody goes get out <laughs> and they just sort of they start to leave and he's like oh wait and then he comes back in and they start fixing the chairs that they've messed up <laughs> and then they Top leave and then they're gosh, both outside man. and they're like you're like a child in there, like, you're the one who fixed the chairs. I just thought it was fucking excellent. Proper comedy put in the right place and done well. Um, it's one thing I will say about WWE, they do comedy really well. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I love this, man. <laughs> it was really good. It was one of my favourite spots in the match. Yeah. So, we get into the final stretch, we get up to the roof. Um, so, I think only Asuka, Lacey Evans and Nia Jax make it to the sort of final stage of the women's side. Um, so Carmella, Brooke and Sheena Baszler were all sort of taken out at different points in the building um, Yeah, so Carmella get put through the table, uh, Dana Brooke slips and smashes her head against the kind of linoleum floor that's wet uh-huh. and I believe Lacey Evans hits Sheena with the women's right and that kind of takes her out Christ, an MMA woman getting beat up by one punch yeah. Um well, she's a wrestler. She's not MMA anymore. Yeah. <laughs> keep 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 alive. You lose, you lose your um, your superpowers when you go into wrestling. Um. So, Asuka basically managed to very quickly sort of scale the ladder. Um. Get the briefcase, and uh, Baron Corbin comes running in a shot just as she gets up there. Um. And he sort of starts running up, and he's shouting no for whatever reason, and he's trying to get up to the briefcase. I, I just I think I said it to you. I'd like if he just said, "I want to win it first. I think that that was all it needed for me in terms of him wanting to get up yeah. there and beat Asuka to it because it made no sense. She's not part of his match, you know. Um. But she kicks him off the ladder, which is just fantastic. Um. She was like an absolute <laughs> boss, <laughs> bumping it outside, etc. Yeah. Um. Really, really nice. And Asuka secures the briefcase. Um, we'll jump out in the men's finish and then we'll, we'll talk about both winners, etc. Um, which I think is a, f- a fair thing to do. Um, so we have Corbin throws Rey Mysterio and Alistair Black off the roof to their death. Um, the, the, the spot of the night, let's, let's be honest. It was just sort of there. Eh? They just sort of threw it in. Like, ah, just throw them off the roof. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I finally seen an image of where they felt it. I know we were looking for it mm-hmm. during the pay-per-view. Um, before the match started, there was a big kind of... The, the helicopter shot and it showed you the wee kind of crash area that um, it set up. Very nice. Yeah, uh, fair enough. I mean, it still looked good. Um, it, it looked brilliant, but obviously the fucking uh, the marks need to know that it's not real, you mm. know what I mean? Like, oh, I need, oh, yeah, I but it is that sort of, you know, how they leave that out there in terms of rather than just cutting to the guys at some point showing that they're actually okay, it's just like, they're dead. <laughs> no, no acknowledgement, that's them, they're away. <laughs> um, 
so we have um, so Corbin climbs up to the top of the ladder um, Styles goes up there so the two of those guys are sort of battling over the briefcase they both unhook it so it's sort of like twice we've seen this sort of thing happen also it happened in the tag match at uh, Wrestlemania um, and Elias appears um, he hits Corbin with the briefcase so he sort of lets go of his end but simultaneously Styles drops his end he does the old butterfingers fumbling it about and <laughs> drops it directly into the arms of Otis um, who Maybe the most unlikely money in the bank winner of all time. Um and they do give him the win. Um what do you think of that? Um, the finish, I mean, in terms the fi- of the... the finish was um a bit WCW, like uh-huh. it was a bit silly, you know what I mean? Um Styles won the match because he had both hands on the case. Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna do a spot in that you re- you really need to get the timing down. Uh, unfortunately it did not. But Again, that's kind of been nitpicky. Um, yeah. I did call Otis winning it. Mm, you did, yeah. Um, and I'm very happy with it. Um, yeah. Why not? Why not? Yeah, so, I mean... People, people will... Mo- you're going to have to let me run here. Uh, <laughs> and it's not about Mysterio, so you'll be glad it's new. <laughs> people moan and moan and moan about WWE not creating new stars. And they always rely on the same part-timers, the same, rely on the same people, whether it be Orton, guys like Cena, Lesnar... King Goldberg, Taker, blah, 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 blah. Here they are trying to legitimately build a new star, making them win money in the bank. Future world champion. Oh, no, it's comedy gimmick. Oh, no, you can't put the case in him. Oh, no. Fucking get a life, yeah. man. Just enjoy wrestling. Stop reading what Meltzer says. Stop reading spoilers. Stop reading dirt sheets. Just yeah. Fucking watch wrestling. Oh, you know it. it was fucking hilarious as well. Um, uh, Brian Alvarez, um, Meltzer's good buddy. He apparently um, was on like his review thing that he does after the shows, etc. Um, mm. And he said something along the lines of, "I can't believe Otis climbed up to the top of that ladder and got that briefcase." It was very much like he said, "Like I can't believe he climbed up there and got that briefcase." It's like, do you even watch the fucking show? Yeah. Like you know. And that's, that's one thing I will say to anybody else as well. Obviously, we're sitting here talking about it right now. Don't take anybody's word for how good this Watch match was. Watch it. You know, yeah. th- this is one of those ones that's definitely entirely preferential to you. Mm. It was goofy. It was funny. Dumb. Idiotic. Bizarre. Creative. Just totally fucking bonkers. For me, it worked. I thought it was great. I laughed like fuck. I really, really enjoyed it. It was entertaining, and it really takes your mind off of everything that's going on right now because it absolutely did. And you and I, I say, we were fucking hee hawing and laughing watching this, having was, a great time. Um, that is the most fun that I've had watching wrestling in a long, long time. Yeah, and so many people take it so seriously, and it's like I've seen so many people. The money in the bank, bank briefcase is about the next guy who's going to be stepping up for the championship. It doesn't fucking have to be, and. You know, I know, you know, you, you've just said there that they could be building Otis to be the champion. Absolutely, they absolutely could be. They might fucking not be. They could just be building them as a guy who gets over well with the crowd, who the crowd are going to get behind, who's a blue collar guy, who's totally, totally different from everybody else. Um, you know, as far as the finishes go, I, I quite enjoyed the finishes. I thought they were really, really creative and really well done. This match is a standalone in terms of everything, every other Money in the Bank match you've ever seen. This is totally different, and it will be a sidebar to the next Money in the Bank ladder match. So if you think this brings the Money in the Bank sort of stipulation down, it absolutely doesn't, because it was totally gimmicked up, repackaged and built in a different way. It took place in a fucking office building, for Christ's sake. You know, it was totally differently done. In terms of Otis being in there, if Otis cashes in tomorrow and wins the title, that's probably going to be wrong. You know, you need to build it right. You know, if he cashes in on something that's not a world title, i.e. maybe an IC title shot, or if he uses it to try and get a tag belt shot with fucking with, with Tucker, that's probably wrong as well. That's probably not the right way to do it. You, what you need to try and do is, is probably build him up and, and see where it goes. Play the long game, you know. Build up wee stories, maybe, you know. The, fa- the, 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 the comedy factor comes in with the fact that you've got somebody so unrealistic as a world champion, and he has the power to just cash in and win the belt whenever he pleases. Because the money in the bank is a powerful tool. You know, that briefcase is a powerful tool. And so many guys come before him who have got to the top using that tool. And I find it really, really entertaining that somebody who shouldn't have it really has it. And it gives you new aspects and something new to look at and a storyline aspect, you know. And you can build it in different ways. If it isn't isn't working, you can always drop the case to somebody else. You know, you could always have a match and drop that case off to somebody else. That's all it takes. So I think people are really overreacting to it. And I think you just have to let it 
play out and enjoy it. It's going to give the money in the bank something more entertaining rather than somebody just cashing it in a month's time and winning the belt and then dropping the belt six months down the line and it's the same old story over and over again. It's something new, it's something fresh. Give it a fucking chance. Yes, and I'd also like to point out as well, he's probably the most believable person to take the belt off of Strowman or Drew out of the six people in that match. Yeah, and like that's the thing as well. There was nobody there who was an obvious up-and-coming talent. I mean, mm-hmm. you could argue Alistair Black, but he's not ready for that sort of spotlight. Um, he's not over enough. Otis is over after his singular fucking Mandy storyline, you know, yep. to a degree. Styles has been there, you know, Corbin's won it before, so it was kind of like, you know, they were probably two red herrings in terms of let's throw them in there as the possible winners, but let's, you know, that'll throw people off the centre, you bit of Otis, etc. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really, really enjoyed it for what it is and just wanted to, people to, rather than people always see the beginning and they think about the end, Go on the fucking journey, man. Just you know, I said, I said, dude, you know, get some smoke, some smoke, some gans, four twenty, blaze it. You know, <laughs> go for the journey, man. Just chill. You know? Fucking but, hell, his Mark Riddle joined the podcast. <laughs> yeah, bro. Uh, but just honestly, just fucking tune in and just sort of see where it goes. Don't just be like, I can't believe he's going to win the title or he's going to deplete the beef briefcase by winning this and that. Don't make assumptions. Let it happen. You know, see my, where it fucking goes. My advice to anyone right now that has this kind of attitude towards wrestling is for one month don't read anything that the internet wrestling community says don't read spoilers don't read dirt sheets don't listen to Meltzer don't listen to your pals talking about backstage politics just re-immerse yourself in a cafe world and you will actually start to enjoy wrestling instead of fucking moaning about it on Twitter 24-7 Shave your neck, beard, you fucking <laughs> Listen, you and I have been there, man. We were that. We were the marks. You know, we were like right into the sort of backstage nitty gritty stuff. And we do like to still dabble in the news and what's been going on. But in terms of like your, your, I see your dirt sheet guys, your reporters who are twisting things. And, you know, the thing is about like Meltzer, right? And the Observer is that they break news and that's great. They let us know things that's happening and that's fantastic. But they also think they're entitled to opinions on everything in wrestling. And people take that as gospel. That's the yep. problem. And those guys are entitled to their opinion the same way we're entitled to the, our opinion. And the reason we do this podcast is just so we can get our opinions out there. And people might enjoy listening to them and they might take something from it. And they might totally think we're wrong. And that's absolutely fine. But I would also always advise people to watch it and take your own opinions from things before you read things. And that's why when we watch these shows, Stuart, we always try and watch them without reading anything first. You know, especially the live ones, you know, we'll skip spoilers, skip what people are saying about yep. it, watch it first, get your opinions, get your notes on it done, and then go and see what other people are saying. And, you know, that's what I was surprised about today, because I did it with WrestleMania as well, after we watched it, and I was going on, and I'm like, people fucking hated that, I thought it was great. You know, yep. and if you make your opinions first, then you know what you like in wrestling, rather than knowing what's popular and going along with that. So that's, I think that's a good, a good rant to have this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll probably bore people to tears and like, oh fuck, there they go. Um, but no. Get up your high horse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that was just, uh, you know, it pissed me off a lot. I've seen a lot of people, you know, taking words out of other people's mouth. People don't yeah. even fucking watch the show. And it's like, oh, they see clips and they watch shit on YouTube. Like, Fucking take it, take it yeah. at face value, and actually tune in and watch the fucking yeah. thing. You know, um, if you're going to have an opinion on it, if you don't watch it and you, and you know you didn't get the full fucking gist of it, then don't say anything about it. You know, you've not got the, the place to make an opinion on it. I wouldn't yeah. go and say that film shit, even though I've never watched it. It just doesn't make sense, you know. So uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Stop being part of a toxic community and stop adding to the toxicity of the community. Yeah. Says us two Scotsmen having a fucking good run. Great. <laughs> at least we're open-minded, and at least there are boys on top, so get it up, you. Yes. Uh, so, overall, um, have you given it a grade? Uh, no, but off the top of my head, I'd probably give it a B minus. Oh, wow, you're higher than me. I went for a C. Um, no, really. Um, I thought the only two negatives were the tag team match and the women's title match, but I gave the women's title match a pass. The tag team match, oh, just a fucking blow away Smackdown match the Braun Bray match told one hell of a good story Um, obviously they're going to continue that as well as you say Drew had probably one of his better matches and actually pulled quite a good match at Seth Rollins who has become quite stale in recent months Mm -hmm. Um, the Money in the Bank spectacle was incredible Um, pissed myself laughing all the way through it Um, the right person won an Asuka 
Shayna's not marketable as a champion, so go with Asuka. Um, they've always got that story there between her and Becky. Um, I don't think she'll go for Bailey. I definitely think it'll be Becky. Mm-hmm. She's not really got anything going on at the minute. Um, which uh, it's, it's probably the best matchup you can have in the Raw division just now, being that Charlotte's down in NXT. And then hopefully we'll have that kind of a um, three champions, or three horsewomen champions going into Mania. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, and then you obviously you throw in the you throw the span in the works of Asuka having the briefcase there. So ah, it's, a, it's a very good way to have. Um, yeah, definitely. definitely. Doing it. Um, I, I think I've probably fucking undershot this. To be honest with you, man, I'm, I'm going to not mean to be. Um, I, I, I did rate it a C just because the the rest of the card was pretty poor. But actually, when you look at it, man, like. The, the Derby title match was fantastic. The Money in the Bank was superb, and the storytelling of Braun and Bray really brought it up. So I know I think I definitely um, did a did a did a wrong lean there. So yeah, go, I'm gonna go for a B. Um, My only proper proper critique that is um, definitely reasonable is um, no Andrade and no Sami Zayn. Yeah, and there was a total shortage of. Um, you know, obviously your, your tag titles on Raw weren't there, there either. Becky yeah. wasn't there. It was quite, you know, quite a lot of guys people missing. I don't really, I don't really know if you genuinely noticed it, but I do know that uh, obviously there was matches on the undercard that just felt like no place being there. As in, you know, Lashley and Truth um, yeah. was on there, and it was kind of like, oh, why is that there? Um, so yeah, I mean, yes, I know, but it was, it was like two and a half hours. It was such an easy watch. I really, really enjoyed it. Was, that it was well. nice, nice and short, but I do like to see your mid carders in the Money in the Bank match. Yeah, I, there was more guys who could have been definitely. Andrade, certainly. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I thought the undercard, as I said, it lacked. Um, and obviously, the no crowd, I know that's nobody's fault. But it's, it, it does take away, it takes away a bit of the shine. Um, I've tried to exclude that from my chat, but because I know there's nothing you else can't. we can do about it at the minute. You um, can't not notice it, though. No, <laughs> but it's it just there. It is noticeable. Um, I, I, you know, I said three good matches. Loved the quirkiness of that main event. It was fantastically done. Um you know, out with those three matches, the rest was ultimately forgettable. Um, and you know, they passed as TV matches at best, which I think has been said enough. But yeah, really, really enjoyed it. Um, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it and surprised by it. <laughs> I was very surprised. But, uh, obviously, I don't really watch a lot of. I do, well, in fairness, I do now. I have started watching a lot of modern stuff now. Um, yeah, very good. Yeah. Very good. So, two good people using the bounds. Yeah, um, keep it coming. Um, so the, the predictions were back um, for us. Um, they were. So <laughs> and you get spanked. I got fucking <laughs> spanked. Um, so up until the Money in the Bank ladder matches, we called everything right to the two of us. We called it the exact same way. Um, and mm. I think this is also the first clean sweep we've ever done, sure, with you. You um, got them all. <laughs> so, so we've done predictions versus each other every year for like the last five years now or something like that. And it's always been, it's always been relatively close, but I don't think... Anyone's ever clean sweet the no. pay per view, so I'm um, I'm taking that crown. Yeah, that was uh, it was delightful. Um, uh, look forward to WCW pay per view for the next four weeks. Uh, well, it is a WCW pay per view <laughs> next week, you bastard. It is, um, it is. We, have, we, we did both agree on Slamboree beforehand, though. Yeah. Um, Slamboree 1998 is going to be next week. Um, I am not looking forward to it. I know you've already watched it. Uh, yeah, so this is a pay-per-view where uh, Bischoff calls out Vince McMahon <laughs> to appear on the pay-per-view for a fight. Fucking um, hell. Yeah, there's some... <laughs> Tune in next week for some rant. Yeah, <laughs> that's a big great fun. Um, um, and then, of course, we're also going to have our Eddie Guerrero This Is Your Life coming up um, before we dive into yeah, June, which I'm, I'm really looking forward to, genuinely. Um, yeah. That'll be super, 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 super good fun. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll we'll have a bit of come down next week. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I'm sure it'll be good. I'm sure there'll be plenty of talking points. No, there is. There's, there's loads of talking points. It is uh, for WCW standards. It's yeah. um, it's a solid card. And I will say, um, you know, our, our WCW episodes have actually been very well. Um, you know. Um, what's the one for? Spoken about, spoken about, discussed. <laughs> ah, yeah, but, but you know, people seem to enjoy them. It's one of our most viewed ones, certainly. Um, oh, the uncensored well, one we did. Um, yeah, well received. Yeah, well received. Um, so, you know, uh, there are certainly people who uh, have rose tinted glasses about WCW alongside yourself. So, uh, <laughs> I look forward to butchering <laughs> next week's show. <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, thanks very much for joining me. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure you guys um, enjoyed the show as well. Um, if you did watch it, um, and I hope you uh, like this one. We are on many different um, 
uh, platforms platforms. for our podcast Um, and I would like I don't normally do this sort of thing at the end of the show but I would like people to leave us reviews and stuff like that because you know we are getting viewers and and, and listeners um, and constant listeners as well I'm sure people are tuning in to watch different episodes and um, I know it's not for us I know it's for the the shows that we're reviewing a lot of the time Um, but I would like (laughs) you to leave a review and give us subscribes wherever you are um, if it's on Spotify Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts whatever um, on Anchor whatever Um, I'm sure people appreciate that I mean, if you're not tuning in to hear me rant about Rey Mysterio, then you can go and fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and if you, if you aren't tuning in to, to hear Stuart rant about Rey Mysterio, why don't you send us a message and we'll rant about you? That's a great idea. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> All right, Stuart, I'll catch you next week for some WCW bullshit. <laughs> Always a pleasure, Mark. Catch you later, buddy.